0: the set yourself free podcast real stories of women who went from feeling like they'd never make it in the online space to creating way more money and freedom i'm your host carrie beach owner of set yourself free i'm a life and success coach that empowers women to make more money live happier and more fulfilled lives and make a much bigger impact on this planet we all have different versions of what freedom means and i'm here to help you unlock your perfect version of it Join us for season four, where you will hear 16 women's behind-the-scenes look at what it actually takes to have a profitable online business. Through their stories, you will know that you are not alone and that shame only grows in secret. These women will give you the courage, the tools, and the permission you need to step into your power and create the business of your dreams. Let's dive in.
1: My name is Stephanie Hess and I am a business coach and mentor to driven service-based female entrepreneurs. And it's, it's so interesting because sitting here with you, I never thought that I would, I would be here and telling you that I'm this business coach and and helping women with their businesses um, because I have a really a really long journey of, of coming into that voice for myself and being able to own that. Um, I grew up in Amish country, Pennsylvania, and I'll never forget I was in high school and I just had this pull towards a big city. And so I initially went to Philadelphia and then I landed in, in New York and I spent 10 years trying to find my way. And I ended up working in the professional sports world. Then I segued into beauty for ten years and I was you know looking back i I, I had a great thing, a great job, salary, all of all of the things, and i wasn 't connected to mm. my life and so I did this for ten years, hamster on a wheel. And, um, in 2017, I decided I I had to make a choice. I was looking ahead at these women, um, who were my quote unquote role models in the industry and they were so unhappy in their lives. They weren't seeing their family. They were working 24 seven. And I knew that if I didn't make a choice, that would, that would be my life in three to five years. I was already kind of there. And so I made the choice, um, to pack it all up. And I didn't even know what, I knew what step one was and that was to leave. I couldn't have said, this is what step two, three, and four is. And now I realize we don't get to know step two, three, and four. <laughs> and so, to make a long story long, I, 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 I packed it up and I, I walked out those doors and I've never looked back. I've been coaching for three years and I can say that I, I now know what I'm here to do. And that's an incredible feeling.
0: Mm, I absolutely love that. And I'm so happy you are here. Uh, So good. So what I want to dive straight into is talking about imposter syndrome and what that looks like for you, maybe at the beginning or maybe still, like how that's shown up for you in the online space.
1: Oh, girl, where do I begin? (laughs) Where do I begin? (sighs) You know, I used to think that there was kind of always this arrival fallacy that, oh, when I sign that first client, I'm going to have my superwoman cape on. I'm going to be totally fearless and nothing's going to get in my way. Well, the first client comes and then it's something else. Oh, no, 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 no. When I hit that first 5K month, I will feel like I can do anything and nothing will stop me. Well, then you get there and it's it's something else. And so it's so interesting because my my community and my clients often will say things like like I love to do video. I wasn't always that way. I used to, honestly, I spent a whole year where I was just afraid to, to even press go live. Mm. terrified. And it's interesting because they'll say to me things like, well, you're so perfect on video. And the other day I decided to just post what that quote unquote perfection looked like. And it was me doing literally six, six takes on my intro before I did the video before I did the because even still there are always question marks of well what if this isn't good enough what if i sound totally stupid what if i sound like i don't know what i'm talking about um and you really really can mm-hmm. fall into that trap so i don't anticipate like i've i've let myself off the hook at this point to think that this notion of of imposter syndrome will ever go away mm-hmm. um And honestly, I think it's a, it's kind of something that can just helps make us more human and in touch to what being a human means, what being a woman in today's society means. Hmm.
0: I love that because I think there's also this idea that you have to like fix everything in yourself. That's quote unquote broken, which we're not broken at all, which, you know, if I could have a billboard, I would shout that everywhere. But I think it's also really when we become self-aware of like what are our things, quote unquote, that we personally have that someone else might not struggle in the same way, but it doesn't mean we're doing it wrong or there's something wrong with us. It's just like how can we embrace exactly like you said, that human aspect of ourselves and show other people that like Hey, I might feel like an imposter but I'm still going to do this anyways because I know that this is what I'm here to do.
1: So true. I really appreciate that perspective because I think that um it's really easy to look at someone else and see where they are and where they've accomplished and especially with with Instagram culture and everything we're seeing the we're seeing the beautiful produced finished side of things and we're traveling farther and farther away from the reality of what what creating and being mm. and and you know putting the thing together actually looks like and so it can really easily have you sitting there behind your screen or behind you know with your phone in your hand wondering like what is wrong with me? Everyone else seems to have it all together and, and dialed in and and perfect. And I can't, I can't get there. And it's really just the reality of, of the cards that we've been dealt and the way that we're living in this time.
0: Yes. And exactly why I'm here doing this podcast, because I want everyone to know, like, you're not doing it wrong. And there is a way for everyone to forge their own path, and it's gonna look different, and it's going to not look the shiny same way that somebody else's Instagram feed does. But that's also like 1% to 5% of the equation, you know? And I think it's just always reminding ourselves, like, that that is a part of business and it doesn't also mean that that's bad either. Cause I think we can almost go one way or another with it. Like then where we almost like completely demonize social media of like, it's this horrible thing. People are only showing the highlight reel, but I'm like, we can still find the beauty in it too.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's really important to kind of see it from, from both angles. You're absolutely right. Yeah, Yeah.
0: which you know is the work I think for for forever. At least I find in myself of like, how do I allow things to be good and bad at the same time, and like hold both emotions to be true, and like Mm -hmm. really let myself be human, and that is where the beauty is found. It's like when we can just embrace that and be like, huh, I know that I'll connect with more people when I'm connected to myself in this way.
1: Yes. It's so funny because hearing you say that, it makes me think about, you know, how much time we spend trying to figure out the niche. The niche. What, is our, <laughs> what is my niche? What is my niche? And I really believe that you, you are the niche. Mm. And I was just listening to something the other day and it was actually a coach And she's this beautiful human. She was sharing very, very transparently that she had so many coaches and mentors tell her to not use the word trauma in her marketing. Mm. And she's this, she's a, a business therapist and she helps women really work through the trauma to show up brightly and boldly in their business. Cause it's all, it's all, you know integrated. And she had so many coaches sit there and say to her, do not use the word trauma in your marketing. Don't do that. Don't do that. And, And she took the advice initially and ultimately just put her flag in the sand and followed that voice. And I mean, I'm sure you can imagine what happened her real people, her real tribe found her. And I just thought, I, I literally just heard this story and it, it really, really resonated. Um, because I think that's often what we do to ourselves. It's, it's, it's not easy to walk our full truth. Um, and even if you can't speak it fully in the beginning, we'll start with 10% and then mm. dial it up, to 20% until you get there. Your journey is your journey.
0: Yes. I, I don't know how many people I've talked to about this in the last few weeks, but have you read Untamed by Glennon Doyle?
1: I just finished it this weekend. Buddy, <laughs> you should ask.
0: <laughs> I just, to me, it's like, ugh, every woman alive needs to read it. And exactly what you're saying is so much of that book of like live and speak your truth.
1: Hmm. I'm curious if you've had this um, experience. What what was so profound? Well, there were so many. I have this book literally like like those bunny ears every other page <laughs> because there was something that popped up that was just mind blowing. But when I was finishing, there was a, a piece where she talked about, it's one thing to help people, help pull people out of the river. If they've fallen into the river, we're helping pull them out, right? And that's what coaching often we're, we're doing. And, and really, if you're providing any service, um, this could be you know the way you show up for your friends and family right pulling them out of the river and what what really really stuck with me is there's a part 2 to this and it's being willing to travel upstream and find out why they fell in the river in the first place
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and for so many years i was i was really comfortable and good with pulling pulling people out of the river not so good with part 2 Mm. And the journey for me now is, is that Mm. questioning, questioning, asking, asking the things that I wouldn't have maybe been willing to ask a year ago. Um, and again, it just all comes back to starting, starting wherever you are and allowing yourself to grow Mm. through that process until you get there.
0: Yes. And I love that because I think, I mean, that so much ties back to when we're having these feelings of like, am I an imposter? Is anyone going to listen to me? Am I a fraud? Like to me, it's always, what do you know? Who are you? And like the unlearning that Glennon talks about in the book. And to me is like the life work that is so much more important than the relearning in many ways because it's like just go back to who you were before the world told you who you were supposed to be like that is really really profound if we take that in and if we do that work and so it's just going like huh how can i just be myself and trust it's enough because it is like that that's not open for debate like my enoughness is true
1: mm. Just by being born, you're Yes. And a half.
0: yes. Yeah. 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 Hi,
3: everyone. So excited to be here. My name is Kara Baroni. Or my alter ego is Cara Barone. No one can get my name right. And I've lived in England and now Sydney. And so that's my other name, Cara. I find it much classier. But I am a consultant at LinkedIn by day, and by night, and every other waking second. I am a business coach, strategist, and clarity mentor. And I specifically help corporate women um, really find their voice and go create, grow, and scale their online business while they're juggling their nine to five.
0: Uh, So how would you say that imposter syndrome has shown up in your life and business?
3: Oh, imposter syndrome. This has probably been the most crippling thing for me that I've ever experienced. Mm. And I think this comes from a place of being a high achieving type, a corporate driven woman Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like always wanting the next thing, but then never thinking that you're good enough for the current thing or the next thing. So you just go harder and you press more and you do more and then you're waiting for that validation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have faced such extreme imposter syndrome thinking, and you know, at the root cause of it is you're not good enough. You're not worthy of mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't, I actually couldn't label it as such until probably a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carrie, I know you and I talk about it. Like my now underlying thing and theme in how I help women is help them be worthy as fuck. Yeah. Like I want two shirts like worthy AF. Like I think it is so, so send me,
0: key. Send me one.
3: <laughs> I'll send you a shirt. We'll send hats. We'll do all the things. We'll get tattoos. I mean, yeah, but you know what? Again, I think this goes back to playing such a role in my entire life. Mm. So, that like not feeling good enoughness, like um, the day I started my career at LinkedIn, mm. thinking, oh my gosh, I'm surrounded by Ivy League grads. Um, who am I to do this? Did they get it wrong? Like, should they have hired me? Yeah. <laughs> and thinking I'm going to get fired for my first six months when really it was a story. It was always a story when like, and this, I think imposter syndrome and comparisonitis really go hand in hand, but it's, it's that whole thing of just thinking you're not good enough. Um, and then you just try to prove yourself. And for me personally, that led to a lot of burnout because I was like over exercising over trying to overperform working a million hours a day. Um, and then it wasn't until I went full into my business that I realized, Oh, 90% of women really struggle with this as well. This is a huge, huge thing where we don't feel good enough. um, And that really impacts us showing up online, standing in our power, and then signing clients.
0: Yeah. And I know that you and I have talked about this a lot. But I think this would be helpful, especially for people that are in corporate, um, speaking a little bit more to how you see this impacting online businesses and what tools you have been able to utilize both with yourself and clients that are able to navigate through this. Yeah.
3: So I see this a lot, um, especially with corporate women or when you're first beginning to build your business, because you look to everyone else online and the perfect Instagram feeds and the perfect um, podcast and words and, branding and graphics and you're like oh who would I be to start this thing that I might not be nearly as good as anyone else like why would someone pick me over other people with years of online marketing experience and really beautiful brands um, and it's such a thing that cripples us and stifles us and like we, we actually don't move because we're like oh I'm not good enough or I'm I, I don't like what if I start doing this thing and then I fail or I am successful. <laughs> um, and I think it like keeps coming back to this feeling of, sorry, lost me my earbud guys. Um, so sorry, where, where I really see it coming up specifically as you're starting to grow your business is you don't want to show up and you don't want to put your offers out there because you don't feel like you're good enough due to lack of experience Um, And it's usually not true. Now, that being said, there's, of course, always skills that we can develop. But that doesn't mean you need to take course after course after certification after certification. What you actually need to do is figure out your unique credibility markers. So that is the first exercise I have almost every client do with me is what actually makes you unique? What Mm -hmm. makes you gifted? And that could be life experience. That could be, especially the women I work with, that is usually the corporate experience that they have. And how can they translate that to their online business? And that is usually not apples to apples, but that's okay. Knowing, and it's a deep knowing, and this is something that everyone you know really has to work on, that... You are resourceful. You are resilient. If you don't have the answers, you will find the answers. What made you successful on day one of your job wasn't because you had all the answers. It's because people hired you for your abilities.
0: Yeah, I love that. I talk about it through the lens of like evidence for your brain. And I, as well, that's often like one of the first exercises I give clients of like, okay, so you're feeling like you can't do this. Like, let's find evidence of why you can. And sometimes it's not the straight, like, okay, I had this exact experience that translates to this new thing I'm trying to do, but we negate it because we think it can't be the same where I'm like, no, no, no. And this is why personally I think coaching is brilliant because you have somebody that's able to help you reframe these things and pull from your lived experience, whether that's your corporate job, whether that's a past experience in your life, like whatever it is, We usually have way more reasons than we're giving ourselves credit for that we can be successful. Totally.
3: Because we think those things we've done before are not good enough, right? We're like, oh, I didn't think that project I launched or that thing I did. Oh, like that's not that great. Might not be great to you because you did it, but someone else looking at that would be like, I have no idea how to do that. Can you help me do it that way? Yes.
0: Yes. I know. And that's to me, the benefit of just being in a situation where you have support, where you have outside people, whether that looks like masterminds, peers, coaches, whatever it is, at the end of the day, like it doesn't really matter, but like making sure you have that because you know what I say all the time is like, I think coaching is such a brilliant thing because you get to speed up your process and see your blind spots, but You also get somebody reflecting back to you the things you're amazing at that you're not giving yourself enough credit for, because like you said, it's just natural. And you're like, oh, but I just launched this thing and I did this thing. And somebody else is like, yeah, how in the world did you do that? Like, I want to be able to do that.
3: Totally. And I think that's the key word, blind spots. We all have them. We can be so great and amazing and a seven figure earner and it doesn't matter. They still have blind spots. Right. Um, so I think it's really humbling yourself enough to know, wow, I don't have all the answers. I don't know all the things I have blind spots. I would love someone else to see them, but even me, I really struggled at the beginning and I had to have what I do, like after credibility markers, you identify them yourself, yourself, asking a friend, coworker, family member to ask them, Hey, what are my credibility markers? What makes me stand out? And the feedback you get from that, you're like, wow, I never, I never perceived me being good at that, this or that. And I remember like, I had all this LinkedIn experience and I never talked about it. I never did anything with it because I was like, it's not that great. It's not that good. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, what? What am I thinking? Like, that is just me just being in my own head.
0: Yeah. And I love that because, so I took, I took this course like a couple of years ago when I was first like dabbling in the online world. And one of the exercises we had to do was, I think it was maybe we had to ask five friends for mm-hmm. what they said, like our top five strengths were or whatever, and then expand on why they were picking those things. And it was such a cool exercise to do, like it's vulnerable and it feels scary. And, you know, we just like, I don't know, a lot of us, especially high achieving, like self-sufficient people are like, oh, I don't want to bother someone or whatever the tapes are in our head. But hmm. it was so good to do and to get those reflections from people that like know you really, really well. And the things that you don't actually know, they think about you. You're like, oh, that's actually really cool. Thank you for saying that.
3: Yeah. And I mean, if we think about it, like that's a branding and marketing really is like your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm-hmm. So we can actually easily like I know there's all these things you got to do to create your brand, your personal brand, but actually all you need to do is ask people what it is and then identify the gap. Like, okay, that's what people are thinking from their perception what my brand is. Hey, let me hold up the mirror. Is that what I want it to be? I get to control this. I get to control this narrative.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Again, it always comes back to like, what are our narratives, which can be such a bitch at times because it's like, oh man, it's all on me of like what's going on in my head and my brain. But it's also really powerful when we like step into it and going like, oh, I have the power to create here and control what is happening. So I'm going to sort out my nonsense going on up there.
3: It's crazy and annoying that it all comes back to your thought patterns. Like I'm very type A strategic. And I'm like, I remember the beginning. I'm like, I just want to teach strategy, 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 strategy. And then I'm like, Oh, it's all in your mind. I hate that answer, but it's true. You got to market yourself, but you need to sort your own things because that comes out in every, every aspect of your life.
0: Well, exactly. And I mean, you and I have had so many conversations around this. And it's funny because, you know, I I gave away a bunch of coaching calls in the past couple of months. And I was on a sales call, and like two people in a row were like, Do you find yourself like loud and annoying or fear what people are thinking of you? And I was like, Nope. Um, I mean, before, like, sure, maybe. Now I'm just like, No, because the work to me is like, get sold on what you have to offer first and be so locked in on like, why this is the thing that people need in their lives. Like the right people, not everyone, of course, but then the marketing and the branding and all those pieces come easy because you're like, okay, I need to say it in a different way or it needs to, you know, show up like this, but you're just so locked in and you will tell everyone about what you do because you want to help.
3: Totally. So that is so key. Right now, I'm doing a course around creating your perfect offer that's going to sell like hotcakes. And I have all these people creating their offer, and it's never like the things in it or the marketing of it. It's the belief behind it. And if you don't believe that your offer is going to change someone's life, you're not going to talk about it. You're not going to want to refer, like you're not going to ask, want to ask for referrals. You won't do anything. You will sit and hide (laughs) and not move because you don't or ask for the money. That will be a huge one. Oh gosh, you'll never have sales. Right. But it's actually just the belief behind the offer. And that starts with, can you transform someone's life? Do you believe you can? Yes or no? Yes.
0: It's, it's so wild. I watch it all the time in cli- my clients, that get really big results. It's because they do that work first and yep. then they're like out there selling because you understand that selling is of the highest service because money is the thing that we all value pretty much the most. And so it gets to be easy in that way because you're like, of course, why would I not tell somebody about this? Like, and if they don't want it, cool. No big deal. Cause it's not about us. It's about the product or service. Totally
3: hundred percent. And they're like, okay, you know what? If, if you think I'm loud, annoying, whatever, then just don't follow me. Like, I'm just going to keep showing up serving, but it, yeah, it's the belief behind that. It is everything.
0: Yeah. It's funny because I feel like I've been really like mindset ish for a while, not like a long while, but a while, but it's taken like different rearranging of stories to like really come into my own online and how this works. And now I think sometimes people are like, okay, but I'm just going to go take one more marketing or strategy course, and then I'll consider hiring you. And I'm like, okay, if they don't address any piece of mindset or belief, like good luck to you.
3: Yeah. I think it's, it's really, um, do the belief mindset work Well, I mean, you could do both hand in hand. I don't think there's like a right or wrong answer. But if you don't have the belief in it, it doesn't matter. I could give you the literally the most perfect converting marketing formula and you won't sell because there's an energy behind that. Like you won't be able to get someone on a call and actually confidently show up and sell it because you won't believe in it. You won't believe in yourself. So I think the strategy is really important in terms of, you know, what works, what doesn't work, how to convert, but it is really every, every step of the game, especially in the beginning. Oh my gosh. um, To sell that first, first few offers.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's, it's wild because I think that's where a lot of people feel really defeated in the online space because they Mm -hmm. do copy somebody's formula And then when it doesn't work, then the tapes are often what is wrong with me. I did everything and I'm like, okay. I mean, some of it is like what's being perpetuated in this industry of like, just follow this formula and you'll get the same results that I did. But like, if you don't believe in the formula, of course you're not going to be able to sell. Totally. And I
3: think that's why people do it backwards because when you first enter this space, you're like, cool, I just need a blueprint. Tell me how to do this, this, and this. I am so strong-willed. I'm strong-minded. I can just do whatever. I'm going to push, push, push because that is the corporate background experience we come from. And then we do these things and it's not the thing. The thing is the inner work and no one, especially like newer people, they don't believe that's the thing. They believe formulas are the thing. So then you really have to, Flip flop and go backwards. And I would also say that there's a lot of people who aren't really skilled in the true teaching and mindset work. Um, so there's just a lot going on that's very interesting in the industry. So you just gotta keep talking to the right people and know that at any point it's still a journey and you can flip that script and you can keep working on your thoughts and keep working on your mindset. It doesn't matter if you failed. For years, it doesn't matter if you've never found the right product yet, or service, or whatever it may be. At any point, you can find that you can have that aha moment. It has taken me, I don't know, two and a half, three years to find my true niche. I've re niched I've changed things five million gajillion times, but that's the only way I've gotten to where I am right now, and that's okay. And I've loved and ex- like loved experiencing that journey.
0: Mm, and you had the belief in yourself that you would be successful no matter what.
3: Oh, yeah. And it was even like, okay, the only way I can fail is if I give up. If I truly have the belief that the only way I can, and gosh, there's so many times I wanted to give up. Like, is this sustainable. Can I really make six figures doing this? Can I actually ever replace my corporate salary? It felt so far away. I was like, no, this is all BS. There's zero way. Um, but I just have the belief, I'm going to keep doing it. And like, I'm going to become a better human being. And at some point, wife, because of it, like mom, and I just have that belief, the more I dive into this world, I will become a better human being. And that was like the real core belief.
0: Mm, yes, I so, love like, that. Deep there, guys. So good. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to add?
3: Oh, I could talk about imposter syndrome for hours and hours and hours. I think um, there's a lot of ways to navigate through that. Always go back to your credibility markers. Literally keep, keep, or as Carrie would say, like the evidence, keep the evidence of the times that you thought things were going to fail. And somehow you, you made yourself successful. You did it anyways. Um, I also have my clients keep a fear to do list mm-hmm. again, evidence. So you create, I have a journal every day and on the left, It's like, okay, today I fear this, I fear that, I fear that, I fear that, right? At the very beginning. And then every time you overcome that, and it's so easy, but you just put a line through it and then look at it every few weeks, every few months. And you're like, wow, I've done some big, scary things before. And that can be in your life as well, right? Like when I moved from the States to England, I'm like, wow, I freaking moved countries. Like never thought I was ever, ever going to do that. Okay, cross that off the list. But then you just keep going back to the fact, wow, I've done weird, big, scary shit. If I can do that. I can do this. If I can have, give a baby. I can start a business, right? Or have a baby <laughs> start a business. I haven't done that yet, guys. Um, but I think it's just like keep that list close by. And when you are doing vision boards or whatever it might be, it's so great to look forward, but also look backwards. Like you cannot really propel forward unless you look backwards and have your strength and your belief and be like, cool, oh, we've
0: done that. We're going to five times this year. Mm. Yes. Love that. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing all of your nuggets with us. So, so glad that you are here. Little chicken nuggets. Yeah. <laughs>
2: My name is Penny Sue, and I am an online branding strategist. So essentially what I do is I help coaches, service providers and um, experts to establish a brand authority, help them with the brand messaging so that they nail the positioning um, for the business and get more um, revenue and more more speaking opportunities. So that's just a gist of what I do. And um, I am based in Auckland, New Zealand. And I work with mostly coaches and experts. And before I got into this online coaching world, I have spent uh, more than 15 years <laughs> working in marketing and uh, I have a background in PR and also digital marketing and branding, of course. Um, yeah, so this is just a gist of what I do in last 20, 20 seconds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yay, well, I'm so excited that you're here. So we are going to dive right in and talk about something that I know a lot of people struggle with, especially as it comes to the online space, and that is talking about imposter syndrome. So I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about how this has or continues to show up in your life and business. So
2: well, this is very um, interesting. The imposter syndrome, it's, I think it has been something that has been around with me or around me for a long, 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 long time. So I can't even go back to, like, even before I hopped into the online world when I was working as a consultant for an e-commerce giant. Um, and then I think that was the worst time for me because I was a bit younger and, you know, I was working in this um, big e-commerce giant and it was like that constant feeling that you're not good enough like right? regardless what you're doing you feel that you know um it's constantly feel like you have i have that experience but you have to put in that position and constantly doubt, second guess what i'm doing the whole time although nobody was um doing it to me um it was it got to a point where um you know, it got to a point where I was actually so stressed out because you know I was always second doubting, second guessing what I was doing. If I was good enough, and even until the last day, because I was like I was hired as a contractor, like a, a consultant. Um, even to the last day when you know, like I got letters from um the CEO and 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 my colleagues and all, I still and I think that was the moment where I felt like, ah, oh, it was it was not bad i did a good job <laughs> um and that's half after having a lot of experience i wasn't like brand new in the industry at the time and then i realized as i went into the online work um at the beginning i felt like oh i wasn't good enough because you see all these coaches you know all these people talking about you know um how you know, how many years they've been doing it how many for for, you know, how much money they're making they might have like you know hundreds and hundreds and thousands of clients um, but I thought like okay sure when I get to that point I won't feel that way but it actually really didn't really go away even though I have you know when I you know, finally you know got some success in my business when my business got to where I wanted it to be I was different actually it got even worse <laughs> um, it got worse because then you feel like okay I can't let myself down, hey. Um I've got to this point. You know, you kind of set yourself goals and then you know, you tell uh you know, like this month you've done so well and then the next month you're gonna do better and but you have all the proof, right? You have the proof that you've done it before, you've done it over and over again. But you still second guess yourself, you feel that uh, you know, it takes it got to a point where I think sometimes I take it very personal, which I sh- I learn I try to not do because sometimes when you take your your business so personal it is not not a good thing it's good in a way that you know because it's part of you like it gets put so personal that you feel that you have to I don't know it comes becomes a feel like a bit of like control freak <laughs> um that you think that you can have control about everything which we don't um and yeah I have because I you always feel like a fraud. <laughs> not, not you. Like, as in a lot of times, you know, you feel like okay, I've done this, and I keep doing this, and then the next level, and you feel like, am I good enough? You know, can I, can I say that? Um, you know, can you know? And the thing is, it's even fun. It's funny that even with all the proof, with all the experience, that it still keep coming back. Um, how I dealt with it. Lately, it's like whenever I have these kind of thoughts in my head, I try to think of the results of my clients, and how you know to remind myself, hey, you know, you've done this, you know, you can do this a hundred more times, right? Um, one of my clients, uh, when I when she started out, uh, we worked together, and in I think in a space of. Just under a year, she went from starting, moving from her yoga business, um, yoga teaching business to a mental health counsellor. So in the space of just under a year, now she's actually doing corporate consulting. Um, She's done really well for herself and, um, you know, she's, you know, she's working with the government and I've got a few other clients who've gotten really good results. And I can const- Whenever I catch myself falling into that whole the the old pattern of doubting myself and having that imposter syndrome, um, I go back and remind myself, "Hey, you know, you've gotten all these results for this person and that person." <laughs> and just to, as a good reminder. And I also do uh, like to keep a success log on my in my journal. And whenever I feel that pattern uh reappearing, I go back and write all these things down and remind myself, hey, you know, all these things that you have done, um, obviously <laughs> you you are not a fraud, and then you can, you know, just you know, duplicate the um the results. So that has been something that was as a very useful tool that I've developed or found for myself.
0: I think that's a great practical example of a tool that people can use if they're struggling in this way. And knowing that there's nothing wrong with struggling in this way. I think so often we want to like Make it that there's something terrible and oh my gosh, I never want to struggle with this thing again. And it's like, well, maybe you will, maybe you won't, but you have this tool where you're like, okay, anytime I find myself dipping into these patterns, because it's all about recognizing what our patterns are and we all have them. And so when you notice this, you're like, okay, I'm going to go back to, like, I always call it like your evidence list or, you know, whatever you want to call it, your success log and how you can look at those actual tangible results for your brain to be like we've done this once we've done this a hundred times we can continue to do it and repeat it and so I think that's such a useful tool for people to be able to use when they're finding themselves in this position
2: yeah absolutely and also I think a lot of times our imposter syndrome is the one like everything that you always feel that you're not good enough you you need to sign more programs you know I mean, signing, you know, like investing yourself is important. But you, you know, it's important to remind us that we are not investing because we are not good, good enough. You know, we're investing because we want to grow, we want to learn more, we want to be better. But that being better doesn't mean that you're not good.
0: <laughs> you know, that's such a good point to highlight. I love that.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, because it is, it can be tricky, right? You feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. I need to invest in this thing or I need to hire a coach or I need to do this. And I love that point to reiterate because it's so true. It's like always come from the place of like, you're enough, like period. Your worth is never, ever, ever open for debate. But exactly like you said, wanting to grow is wonderful.
2: Yeah, and and always try to remind like, The thing is, when you invest yourself, it's not coming from a place where you feel that you're not enough because otherwise, even if you have, you know, then you keep going from one program to another program, but you don't have the guts or you don't have the belief to execute. And that's usually, I find there's a problem with a lot of um, people try to fix, you know, like they sign programs after programs, which is great. um, But then if you you need to give yourself the space to belief, the trust that you know you've done this okay you obviously have learned a lot and now to execute right and sometimes when you actually you just have to i think sometimes you can have all the tools and strategies in the in, in front of you It's you it's up to yourself to believe that you can do this and you can actually you know it's like it's not because you're not Working hard enough, you know, not, you're not smart. You're not not smart enough, and it's like you just have to believe that you know to execute and and just wait for the results to show up yourself because it doesn't work overnight. Um, and yeah, the you know the, it's a very gray line, like I was saying. You know, have thing like whether you want to improve your better yourself or whether you're not good enough. It's a very very gray line. I find that we always get go back into this little trap.
0: Uh yes, I agree. But that's so true and so good to remember. Like for all of us, wherever you are, like whether you have never signed a client, you haven't made a profit online, or you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars, it doesn't matter. Like it's so applicable to wherever you are in your journey to always remember like coming out of that place of being enough and not proving yourself, not trying to earn your worth or you know, whatever things that it's so easy easy to slip into um so I just love that reminder
2: yeah and also not tying our self-worth to how much money or how successful our launches or programs are because you know sometimes you I think people tend. it's like you say right the beginning like if you have people who are starting out when they haven't signed a client and they sign like client, and then funny enough like after you sign like you know, after you have signed all these clients, but you that feeling never really goes away like um, at least not immediately um and it's like it's like then you have to stop tying your 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 yourself with feeling that okay if this launch was you know i was aiming for this launch for you know you know 100k but if you fall just under 400k you know there are a lot of people who actually beat themselves up <laughs> over that but but then again it's like, well, it's still good money. You know, it's still, you know, it's still, you know, it's still something. You know, if you know, um, and not to tie ourselves up, whether you know it was a successful launch or not a successful launch. And there's always something to learn from every every failure. Um and not, yeah, just I think beating ourselves up, not give, you know giving ourselves the the support, not being our best, our biggest own cheerleader. I think that's the worst thing we can do to
0: ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Because there's always going to be a new goal and a new thing to shoot for. And I think sometimes too, if we're always hitting our goals, like, yeah, it's going to feel really good to our ego. It's going to love that. But it's like, well, maybe we're not stretching enough. Maybe we're not, you know, trying to dream a little bit bigger because we're afraid of failure. And yet it's like all how we view it that, I mean, I personally am like, there's not really failure. It's the lessons you learn out of it. When you can take that mindset, it's just going to serve you so much better than feeling like, oh my gosh, I failed at this. This was a failure. You know, like that lens just doesn't serve us.
2: Yeah, yeah. I try to think of it more as testings. You know, like you test out right um, with anything. You 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 know, you build a website, whatever. You test things. So instead of thinking of it as a failure, or you know. You, you build up this whole thing. Oh, it was going to launch this and we'll launch that, you know. And then it's like, think of it more like a testing and see, you know, okay, this, you know, certain things didn't work out. We're going to learn better and do it better the next time. You know, sometimes it's, it's not entirely up to you. It could be, I don't know, sometimes it it didn't work because you haven't got your email list together, whatever, right? There's something that is, you know, like we don't know everything and even successful businesses, they don't, Always have um, successful launches, like even big corporations, they don't always have successful products. Not every product is a is a, is a success. So it comes from you know really understanding and picking up the data. Um, yeah, something that I actually have to remind myself: like, look at the data. What is the data telling you? And just try to pick it and not pick it so personal because you have to separate, just look at the data and not attaching it to you know, feel like your own emotion, like you say, ego, right? It's actually our ego trying to protect us uh, more than anything. Um, Because, right, you know, these days, right, we don't have immediate dangers. We're not having to, you know, run away from a predator, right? Um, We live in a pretty comfortable world. So it's our ego trying to protect us when something didn't go well. Um, But exactly, we didn't really have any immediate dangers, so... Well,
0: and I think exactly how you're talking about that feels so important to remember always that objective lens, like look at the data, like step outside of yourself. Like to me, it's always that how can you get so objective about what you're thinking, what actions are happening, what, what like actual results are happening or not happening. And when we can get that objective, then we aren't taking it personally. And we understand like, oh, my worth is not tied to this. You know, I am a business owner who obviously cares about my business tremendously, but it's not my worth or my value.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's something that took a while to learn. Um, still learning still getting better
0: <laughs> of course of course always right like these are the things that are always lessons and I don't think there's many things in life that were just like check got that one down never gonna struggle with that one again well
2: <laughs> no, it's not that clear cut um I think also one um I think I remember watching I think a recording of Gab- Gabby Bernstein Bernstein where she said when she was asked that she still suffer from imposter syndrome and you know she's such a well-known author successful entrepreneur um and she said that you know she still has it like you know she's never gotten it and this is like a you know she's built like a multi-million dollar business for herself and to see that and then you're like well okay cool then it's just normal and i try to tell my clients as well when they <laughs> go to the same thing i'm like you know what no, I go through the same thing, and the good thing about it, when you feel like you're an imposter, it means that you're not a fraud, you're not a scam. I think the only people who won't, feel, won't have that feeling ever um, are people who are trying to scam someone, so they will never feel, question whether they're good enough because they don't care about delivering. Um, so try to look at it in, in a way that it's, like, it's actually a good thing that says that you know you care.
0: Yeah, I like that reframe. That's good. It's always like, how can we look at things differently? I find, you know, and the more we can just be open to different mindsets, the more it's going to serve us in terms of like getting objective, not taking things personally, and making the changes that we want to see in our business. Yeah,
2: absolutely. yeah, definitely. That's, that has helped a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anything else you want to add that you would have loved to have heard or known, you know, maybe when you were newer in the online space as it relates to imposter syndrome?
2: So, what I gather after a few years of not only being on the online world, but also from my work experience, that is something that, that never true. I can probably never truly go away because even like really successful, you know, Oscar winners, they used to talk about it. Um, it's something that makes us human, I guess. Um, um, and to the biggest learning that I have is like, oh, often we have way more tools. We have, we know so much more. Uh, we're stronger, we're better. We know way more than we we, we give ourselves credit for. Um, and when you know that, it, you know, you just have, you can, not can stop, but you would stop, questioning yourself so much you just kind of sit down and really look inside and like you know that you have so much you know so much you can do so much and it's really up to you and you have the control or power to actually do something and not feel that you always have to look to someone um, and to recognize that I think that is the first step because regardless you know how much you put into investing in yourself. If you never truly believe in your your own ability, um, that's, that's going to make your life a lot harder. So you could have success, but it will come a lot slower or more painful <laughs> um, or really back yourself up, be your biggest cheerleader and um, surround yourself with people who, you know, who already know this and, you know who can remind you from time and time again because it's easy to to listen to stories in our heads and and it's different when you know, you actually have someone to talk to and yeah you know, reminding you that you know this is not true they've done it before and yeah
0: yeah I so agree Uh oh, so good thank you so
2: much Penny for sharing your story with us thanks Carrie it was really great um to be on this podcast and to share this, um, my story of my imposter syndrome review you and your audience.
0: Oh, thank
4: you. Hi, I'm Lindsay Stead. I am the owner, um, CEO, I guess is what the buzzword is right now, of Gilda Bloom's Communications, which is a service-based business for female entrepreneurs. We offer digital marketing Web design and all of that sort of online support for so female entrepreneurs. We're mostly coaches, wedding professionals, not for profits, and creative entrepreneurs. Um, we also have a secondary business, and that is introverted mentoring. So, mentoring for introverted female entrepreneurs who are looking to build their business, scale their business, but they're still doubting themselves and really. Um, Using their using their introversion introversion sorry to be um, introversion to kind of get give themselves a get out of jail free card. They're having a hard time getting visible, and so we work through a lot of the mindset issues and strategy around how they can grow their done for you service businesses in a way that feels good for them, and in a way that actually looks at being an introvert as a positive rather than a negative.
0: Um, So, talk to us about imposter syndrome and how that has shown up in your business.
4: This is real. I mean, <laughs> so many people. I've had so many people be like, "Is that a thing? Is imposter syndrome even a real thing?" A hundred percent, it's a real thing. Um, I've definitely felt it. I felt it as a done-for-you service provider. Um, I've even felt it recently, in the sense that you know, sort of as the businesses scale and you go through these transitions, um, and you're making these leaps and jumps, and you're at the next level or the next stage in your business. It's natural to kind of feel like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, is this like, am I? Am I worthy of this? Am I good enough for this? And you have all these things that rear up. But through a lot of the work that I've been doing, a lot of it has come down to what your ego is telling you. And so if you can separate, you know, if you can stop, the the thoughts in their tracks before they start to really sabotage. um, You can kind of get ahead of it. And if you can identify the triggers for you, I know for me that one of the triggers um, can, for imposter syndrome specifically is um, decision overwhelm. If I have too many decisions to make. And honestly, they're never the big decisions because those ones are easy. It's the stupid little ones that actually, People don't really care about or will never notice. Those are the ones that if I have too many, I get kind of frozen um, and notifications for me. If I have too many notifications and things, it kind of triggers again, the overwhelm and then the imposter syndrome mm. for me. Well,
0: and I think that is so key for people to hear that maybe haven't done as exploring within themselves or mindset work. I always am an advocate for figuring out what your things are because we all have them. Like there's also this big fat myth that like once you arrive to a certain level, you're not going to struggle. And I'm just like bullshit. Like everyone's got their stuff and they're probably going to continue to be your things for the rest of your life. You're just going to get so much better at managing them and figuring out how to do the work around those trigger points or those stories. And so the more self-aware you can be, the easier it becomes because the reality is, is like these things show up in our life and business. It's all pretty much the same.
4: It's true. And it's so funny. I had two conversations today that actually remind me about this. So um, one, I'm doing some cognitive behavior therapy Mm. skill development right now. And so we've been talking a lot about noticing. And it's so true. And I think it relates directly to imposter syndrome. If you could just notice and become like you said, self aware about these triggers for you, and where these um, feelings of being inadequate are stemming from that is the jumping off point, because then you can go back to that. And you can really move forward in a mindful way. And again, it goes back to feeling safe. Um, Mm. So I think that's really important to recognize. And the other thing is that it's in another conversation, I don't know. I've talked a lot today, uh, <laughs> <laughs> more than usual. Um, um, you know, we all have these things in our lives, and our businesses, and our personal lives. Um, and oh, I, it's it is so interesting as an entrepreneur. I feel like we have all of these different buckets, or you know, these three, four, five core pillars that all of our insecurities stem from. And they just manifest differently. And so you might not feel like anybody else is dealing with the same things or the same insecurities because they're manifesting differently for that person in their business. But really, if we look down and drill down into the core pieces of some of these um, insecurities, then we'll see that actually we we can probably all relate to each other so much more and support each other so much more than we've realized.
0: Yes. And I mean, that's the whole purpose of this podcast, especially in this (laughs) format of you get to hear multiple people's stories and find yourself in it and be like, oh, she has a profitable online business and she struggles with that. Cool. I'm not alone.
4: Oh my gosh. No. And I think that's what's so, it's what's so amazing about this podcast. It's true because you you, whoever you are and wherever you are listening to this, you are not alone. Um, whatever your insecurity is, whatever your hurdle is, there's somebody out there and it might not be the exact same as yours, but I can guarantee that there are other people with very similar struggles and insecurities that they're dealing with. that you guys, you know, if you were, if we all just were a little bit more open about these things, then we'd be able to connect with each other and find those supports yeah, I think that's why this podcast is so key.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious if this resonates for you or if you can talk a little bit about how you've kind of worked through and diffused some of the thoughts and the things that come up, but something that comes up for me in terms of like imposter syndrome or really just reworking, whatever the stories are is like, I always work with clients to create evidence lists of like Mm -hmm. what is working and what you can lean into. Um, And so I'm wondering if that resonates or if there's similar types of work you've done around this to be able to like move through the imposter syndrome feelings.
4: So for me personally, um, the biggest thing that I do for myself is I, as soon as I notice that thought pat- pattern, you know, wearing its nasty head, I will um, stop it in its tracks. And I always say to myself, why would you tell Marta, who is my best friend? <laughs> She's been my best friend for like 30 years. And I always say, okay, what would you tell her if she came to you with this? Or if one of your clients came to you with this, what would you say to them? And then that's what I tell myself. And I try to give myself that same um, self-acceptance and compassion that I would give to others. Because guaranteed you you very likely would not speak to somebody else the way you're speaking to yourself and so that is always sort of my first line of defense because i don't always have something or i don't always have the time to sit there and write out a list and i love the list and i use that strategy as well but for me just reminding myself be kind to yourself and then tell yourself what you would tell your best friend that is what I always start out with, and then if it's something that keeps coming up, then I definitely make time to do the lists and really, um, and I, I do the lists, um, like to counter it. So if I'm Mm. feeling, you know, really insecure about a, a particular topic that I want to do a training on, or if I'm feeling insecure about, um, my skills, I will write down, you know, 20 examples of of, like you said, the evidence that counters the negative thought. And I'll post that up on my, you know, on my board beside me. And that's, that's what I do. Mm,
0: I love that because that's so practical and something that all of us can instantly like relate to. And I think it's thinking about like your best friend, your kid, your mom, your whomever, like it doesn't actually matter. You know, it's just like, pretty much anyone outside of yourself, how would you speak to them? And most of us would always say <laughs> way kinder things than we say to ourselves.
4: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that and that's the thing, right? It's, and it isn't that kind of, it's kind of sad that we treat other people with so much more kindness than we give to ourselves.
0: Yeah. And for me, it's really leaning into it's like so cheesy, not even cheesy, but I, you know, I feel like what I constantly often have as just like my personal mantra, and then I um, talk to clients a lot about is it. just the simple phrase of like, I love and accept myself. I love and accept yeah. myself. And really, that radical self acceptance can and does change the game.
4: It does. And again, like that's, I think sometimes, People overcomplicate it or they think it needs to be this much bigger process. So that's your mantra. And I really like that one. And a friend of mine recently shared hers with me. And that one is also really stuck with me. And that is what's for you won't pass you. Mm-hmm. So I really liked that one because I thought, okay, so you know, especially right now with so much going on. Um in the world and people feeling so uncertain about, you know, their business, their livelihoods or health and safety. I really, I thought, okay, you know that's also a really good one because, um, it kind of, for me, it grounded me in the moment. And I thought, okay, you're right. Like if it's really meant for me, I'm not going to miss it. It will, it will, it will, Will find me. So, one way or another, even if it's not on the plan or the path that I was, you know, plotting out, it will still come to me.
0: That's so beautiful. And what I think that illustrates so perfectly is there's no right way to do thought work or mindset work. And it's constantly giving yourself permission to figure out what works for you Mm -hmm. and knowing that the whole purpose is to get into a better feeling thought. And sometimes somebody's mantra is going to stick with you. And sometimes you're going to be like, eh, that doesn't land. Totally. And that's okay.
4: (laughs) Of course. Yeah. I mean, again, it's just, it's similar to like showing up in your business. Like, you know, what works for you doesn't work for me or vice versa. You know, we all have our different strategies. It's about what finding what, works for you and I I say the same thing about parenting with my kids and to my friends like maybe I'm not going to do the same thing the same bedtime routine that you're doing but it doesn't mean it's not it's not good it just means that we all have to do what works for us and not in a negative shame judgmental way just in a you know um that's great I always say you know what oh no I always tell people that um, I don't, sorry, my volume just went wonky. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. It just, like, everything <laughs> started, like, flashing. Um, I always tell people that I am not going to judge other people for what they do. If You, you know, if you're not making, you know, hate, like, acts of heinous crimes and you're not, uh, you know, abusing people or animals, you know, like kind of those like core serial killer, like those type things, you know, you're going to go to prison. If you're not doing things like that, if you're like a law abiding citizen, um, I'm not going to judge what you do if it works for you, because it's not my place to judge. It's not my story. It's not my path. And we all just have to do and find what works for us to make ourselves happy and um it's so that we can all be really good pillars in our communities
0: i agree and it's it's really releasing that judgment piece and when you lean into that it just gets to be so fun because we're not like in this pressure-filled state of like oh my gosh i'm doing it wrong look at what she's doing it's just like no that's just missing missing the whole boat
4: it is. And I mean, yes, you might be looking at um, like Rachel Hollis and she's killing it, but you don't know all the backstory that it took to get there. So why are you judging your journey against somebody else's when you don't know what's going on behind the scenes? It just doesn't, you know, you're not being fair to yourself.
0: Agreed. So agree. Mm, well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for sharing your story with us.
4: No problem. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun.
0: What a fantastic episode. Thank you so much for joining us and listening to this episode on imposter syndrome. The more that I coach women and the more I'm alive and on this planet, I find this to be one of the largest things that women struggle with is this feeling like they are an imposter. And where it continually shows up is in the online space where whether you're for first trying to make an income online whether that's your first 3000 a month or 5000 or you're trying to scale to bigger numbers like 10 20 100k launches and the imposter syndrome is so very real for so many People. And I love this episode because it gave so many examples and stories of how these guests have struggled with this and continue to. But it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong, is the point of so much of this, right? It's normalizing the experience and then it's what we do with that. So just because our brain lies to us and tells us that we're an imposter, it doesn't mean that we are. We get to decide ultimately what kind of life we want to live. And so when you understand the power at your fingertips within your experience in your brain and you have more tools to be able to navigate this, it just becomes easier because you catch yourself going, wait a minute, why am I feeling not enough here? Why am I giving away my power here? And how can I take it back? How can I step back into my power? How can I decide that I absolutely belong here? And I belong in any space that I choose to show up in. So I hope that you gained as much from this episode as I did. I was so appreciative for each of these guests for sharing so honestly of their struggles, of their past struggles, of their continual struggles, and really just this entire purpose of so much of this season and this podcast in general is to give you permission to know that there's not one way to do things and to know that you are never ever alone. Shame will lie to you all day long to tell you to hide out, to not share. And as someone who grew up being forced to be silent, I just know that this is so much of my mission on this planet is to give women the tools, the ways to navigate, and to know that sharing your secrets in safe spaces is the way that you are going to change, the way that you are going to be able to show up bigger and brighter in this world and serve more people. And I'm just so honored to get to do this work, to get to hold space for women in a coaching container and to get to host this podcast and share real stories and talk about the behind the scenes and not just the front end marketing of what goes into having a business and quite frankly, being a human alive on this planet and having to navigate really tough stuff at various points throughout our journeys. So thank you for being here. Thanks for tuning in and just being so willing to each of these women to share their stories. I'm just so grateful. So We will see you next week. So excited for all that is to come. And again, always, if you're struggling with these things, if you are feeling like an imposter, I would take out your journal and ask yourself what's coming up. Like literally, can you take notes throughout listening to something like this? And what can you glean from it? And then if you want support around it, please reach out. Uh, You will hear how you can book a call with me. And I would absolutely love to see how I can help and how we can get you into your power and out there making more money and impact in this world. All right. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Set Yourself Free podcast and supporting me and these incredible guests. Make sure you are subscribed so that you never miss an episode. Will you also do me a quick favor and go leave us a review and rating so that more people can easily find the show. Each month, I will be picking a reviewer to give a free session to as a thank you. And if you know someone that could benefit from this show, please share it with them. One thing I know for certain in this lifetime is that we need more women living lives of freedom and impact. Can't wait to see you next week.